beloved. Welcome to My Strength and My Shield, a podcast about spiritual and self-care. My name is Nisi, and this is episode 57, Ask Your Big Sis Nisi. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. I'm excited to be going three weeks in a row of getting back on track with recording episodes and putting them out on time. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a rating and a comment just to keep me encouraged and let me know that you're still listening. And it's interesting because the podcast is available on iTunes and on SoundCloud. And I remember that I was doing this podcast consistently for about three years, and I had such engagement and such a positive interaction with so many of you guys. And I know that being on hiatus means that I now need to rebuild some of those relationships. So thank you so much if you're a person who has been waiting to listen to the podcast and you're still subscribed. If you're not already subscribed, go ahead and make sure you subscribe on iTunes and on SoundCloud so every time I put out an episode, you get that notification. But also, you know, just let me know that you're here and it's interesting being a podcaster because you don't get that immediate response that you would get if you were like a YouTuber, right? So on iTunes, you can't tell how many people are listening. You can't tell how many people are engaging other than the ratings that you see on iTunes or the likes that you see on SoundCloud. So I know that a part of the process is rebuilding my audience and rebuilding that trust as I'm getting back into recording. But for those of you who are sticking around and I've got so much engagement on the Instagram and things like that, I'm very excited to be back into the swing of things. And speaking of Instagram, I actually had, you know, if you're not following the podcast on Instagram right now, I would definitely encourage you to do so because on the Instagram, which is my strength and my shield, all one word, I actually was able to ask some questions and have some really good dialogue surrounding the question of social media and relationships. And the reason why I, you know, I thought about eventually maybe doing an episode on the topic, but I just found it to be curious because I always question myself on the things that I post and the things that I don't post. So I had a couple of questions that I posted on Instagram and I got a ton of you guys gave me some really great responses. So here's a sample of some of the questions that I asked on Instagram. I asked, what is and isn't okay to share about your relationship on social media? What's the difference between sharing and bragging? Is there value in sharing the good things about your relationship online? Is not sharing your relationship struggles online being fake? And then I posted a picture because my lovely husband surprised me. Um, I was working from home, actually, and he was like, have we gotten any packages? And I'm like, no. And I suddenly realized that I do have a package, and it was flowers that he sent me. And it was such a sweet gesture and such a lovely thing. And I was torn about whether or not to post it on social media. I'm not a person that's always posting, um, you know, like these really sweet moments that we have together. And I might post if I'm out or I'm out with friends and we're hanging out, but I'm not the kind of person that posts like text messages and sweet things because sometimes those things are just for the two of us. But I was actually really, you know, just really feeling grateful that seven months into marriage and, you know, seven years into dating that we can still have those sweet moments. And he had actually... Um, on the card, he wrote, I fell in love with you the moment I met you. Loving you is ministry. Um, and that's the card that he put on the flowers. And it was so beautiful. And it's part of the reason why I wanted to share it is because if I do share about my my relationship, specifically on the podcast Instagram, I do want to make sure that it always goes back to glorifying God. And so the fact that it wasn't just that he sent me flowers, but the message of the fact that he takes our marriage so seriously and he sees it as an extension of his ministry. And it also echoes kind of what he said in his marriage vows. The first line 
of his vows. Um, you know, if anyone's listening, that was actually at our wedding. It was, you know, I fell in love with you the moment I met you. Loving you is ministry. That is the first line from our vows. And so the fact that seven months in, it's really not just about us loving each other and him sending me flowers. It really is always connecting back to God and ministry. I thought it was appropriate to share. So that sparked the conversation. And I got some really great responses. Most of the most of the people did say that when it comes to sharing things, you have to use your own judgment and the difference between sharing and bragging often comes with your intent. Like if your intent is to brag versus your intent is to share. But I also got some really great responses, particularly from other people who do um, you know, think, you know, they have their own social medias that are dedicated to their different platforms and their influencers or different things like that. And people that I have seen that they also post their relationship publicly also. And some of what I got back from them was really interesting because they said that it depends on who, the lens of the person who's looking at it. Because depending on where your heart is, when you see someone else sharing, you could interpret that as bragging. So it was interesting because you can see someone sharing a picture of flowers and being grateful for their husband and whether or not, wherever your heart is positioned, one could see it as bragging or one could see it as sharing. And so it was just an interesting dialogue. I definitely encourage you that if you haven't already, head over to the Instagram, follow along. There's going to be even more great conversations, great feedback. And, you know, I really just appreciate the community because it was very honest and transparent. There were people who were like, you have to be careful about what you share. And I appreciate the accountability that comes along with this uh, community of people who listen to the podcast. So moving right along, as you can tell from the title, if you haven't tuned into the episode, which is episode 55, where I, you know, it's me coming back into podcasting. The title is It's Been a Minute. I basically shared that the format of the podcast will change, that every other week is going to have a different format that one I mean, one of the episodes will be the, the spiritual and self-care, and the next one will be the question and answer portion. And the reason why I split it up is that it just makes it more manageable. It allows me to be more consistent, and it also means shorter episodes so that you can enjoy it without having to dedicate over an hour just to hear some of the thoughts and conversations that we're having on the podcast. So this is the first episode where I'm getting back into the swing of things, where I am answering questions. If you have a question that you'd like to be answered on the podcast, you can send me an email at strengthandshieldpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can head over to my Tumblr, which is yourbigsisnisi.tumblr.com. And the reason why I titled this episode Ask Your Big Sis is when I changed the name of my podcast from Young Black and Vegan to Your Big Sis Nisi, a part of it, in addition to the fact that I am no longer vegan, um, was also understanding that with my platform, I was getting so many questions and so many requests for advice. And there was part of me that was wondering, why would anyone even want my advice? I mean, I share on this blog and I share my opinions and my thoughts, but what about me or the perspective that I share makes people even want to ask me for my opinion? And my real approach when it comes to answering questions is I do take the approach of a big sister. Big sister because, you know, I don't have all the answers, but sometimes through my lived experiences, some of the mistakes that I've made, I have different insight. And it's like a big sister where, 
you know, you can turn, it's not about judgment and it's not about scolding. Like if this person was a parent or even the kind of bias that a best friend might have, or someone who's close to you. And as a friend, that's always going to be rooting for you. Right. So you have that spectrum, like the mom who's really harsh and is, you know, wants you to do better and is very strict and a disciplinarian or the best friend that might just be your yes person and just wants to tell you that everything, what you're doing is fine. The big sister is that in between because she's gone through some things. I've gone through some things and she wants what's best for you, but she still wants to have the approach of a friend and still not be your mother. And that's the way that I see myself when it's time to give advice. I by no means have all the answers, but I am, you know, I'm a nice, smooth 31 years old. I've lived some life. I have some experiences. And when I give advice, I see it as me giving advice to a sibling. What I would tell you to do if I want to encourage you or uplift you or maybe just to help people to not make mistakes and maybe learn from the errors that I've maybe had. And the Bible tells us that a wise person learns from a fool's mistakes and only a fool goes forward you know, not heeding the advice of someone who has a little bit more wisdom than they do. So when I'm giving my advice, I'm hoping that even if you're not the person who wrote in, that you will get something out of the answer to these questions, even if you don't have that particular answer. The other thing is when I get questions, I always pray before I answer them. And I take that seriously. Um, you know, even times when I'm in the middle of answering a question, I'll stop myself and pray because I do understand that there's a huge responsibility when someone is asking for my advice. I don't take that lightly. So when you ask me a question, know that I'm going to give you loving big sister advice, but I'm also going to make sure that I'm giving you a perspective that's not just guided by me, but hopefully is influenced by my relationship with God and how I see the world and how I would like to be advised if I was in the same situation. So yes, sometimes that means tough love. I'm not going to be the kind of person that's going to yes, ma'am. And if you make a stupid mistake, I might call you out on it. I'm not going to call you stupid, but I am going to say and caution a person against making a foolish mistake. And my goal is always to be to encourage wisdom and to turn away from foolishness. And that is really going to be my approach. So I set that up because when I give advice, I don't want to be come off as judgmental. Know that it comes from love. Know that it comes from a place of prayer and discernment. And it comes from a place of wanting better for the people who have come to me for advice. There are so many different things that we struggle with, so many ways that we can feel like we're flawed or we can feel embarrassed. And so some of the questions that I get are anonymous and I take it seriously. I take it as an opportunity to share my thoughts, but really understanding that the answer is not just for the people who send to me, send me their question, but you know, the people who are reading and maybe haven't encountered it yet, or maybe have encountered the same problem, but I can just provide some insight. So that's really um, what I'm doing when I'm answering these questions. So this week, I do have two questions that were written into me. And um, before we get started, I'm always going to start with a Bible verse and some prayer. And the Bible says in James 1 verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. James 1 verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Understand that I'm going to share my opinions, but if you're a Christian and you're a believer, understand it's important to hear different people's perspectives, but always bring your, your questions to God and wait for his ultimate answer. So I can provide insight, but you know, 
don't just follow what I say. I'm just a random person with a microphone on the internet. Um, but I, you know, just make sure that any problem you have, you're still going to God in prayer. You're still asking for support and encouragement. And you're always making sure that the focus of trying to get a resolution to your problem is seeking God and getting closer to him. So there are two questions I'll be answering today. And before I get started, dear Lord, thank you for each and every person that's listening to this podcast. Thank you for the people who are new to the podcast, discovering my voice for the first time. Or thank you for the people who are tuning in, who've been listening to this podcast for months, weeks, years, and just waiting for the opportunity to just get back into this sacred space. As I answer the questions of these two individuals, I pray that you don't just, you, you allow us to have a response that fosters communication and fosters growth and fosters a closer relationship to you. That whether we're having a conversation about relationships or jobs or life or love or mental health or self-care, that at the end of it, everything that we need to do always comes back to you. So allow us to make choices that uplift our spirit and allow us to turn away from foolishness and towards wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. So this is the first question that I got. And this person wrote in anonymously to my Tumblr. On social media, I see a lot of your friend slash romantic partner shouldn't be your therapist. And I agree. But what's the difference between that and confiding in your friends or partner about your trauma? Can you really go beyond the superficial in any relationship without sharing something so connected to slash affecting your well-being? The fear of rejection due to trauma makes me feel like I'm never expressing my true self. And... This is my response to that question. I think that sharing your trauma isn't necessarily the issue. But if your trauma has negative effects on the way that you behave and either prevent you from having healthy relationships or have cause you to have an unhealthy view of yourself, then sharing your trauma isn't enough. You have to be healing from it and doing the work to eliminate um you know, work to eliminate that behavior. If you know that your trauma has given you an unhealthy fear of rejection, you owe it to yourself, your friendships, and your romantic relationships to work on it. Going around sharing your trauma isn't healing. And thinking that sharing with your friend or partner, you know, sharing that trauma is enough is misguided. And the reason why I feel this way is in an, in a, in an ideal world, a person who has trauma has both healthy relationships and also a therapist. That there is this separation between the two. That the goal of your relationship should be a healthy, reciprocal, beneficial, mutually beneficial connection that you have with another person. An investment in the good of another person as they invest in the good for you. The difference between a friendship and a relationship and a therapist at the, is that the therapist's job is to help you fix you. That is their job. Now, the thing about therapy is that therapy in and of itself will not fix you. You have to do the work. And in that way, sharing trauma with your friends or with your romantic partner is not going to heal you. You still have to do that work. For me, I know, especially in the relationship that I have now, there were certain things that happened when I was younger or throughout my life that I felt like I needed to share with my partner so that they could understand a little bit better who I am. But the first important thing is before you go on sharing your trauma with every person, make sure that that person has earned that space, has earned the space of trust, that trust is something that shouldn't be freely given, that a person should earn trust just like you should earn other people's trust. So in my opinion, you know, to answer the question, can you really go deeper without sharing your trauma? Not every relationship needs to be that deep. 
When you're dating someone, you shouldn't just be blabbing off. And this happened when I was a kid. And this happened when my parents got a divorce. You haven't allowed that person to earn trust and you haven't earned their trust. So when you are oversharing, you end up overstepping boundaries and that can actually prevent healthy relationships. If you find yourself being a person that's oversharing, it means that you have problems with boundaries and it means that you haven't really focused on the work because if you feel like you have to express your trauma to express explain who you are, then you are now saying that who I am is inextricably intertwined with my trauma. That I am my trauma and my trauma is me. And that's not healthy. For me, I know that I had to really, really do some work, especially before I got married, to separate my reactions from trauma and who I actually am. I remember growing up and I, you know, I many people would consider me a tomboy. And I had this reputation for being very tough and very abrasive. And when it came to dating, you know, my longest relationship prior to my marriage was six months. And that includes the whole talking stage because I had a habit of getting bored and not really trusting men. And and anytime they would say anything kind, I would be like, you know what? You just, you know, we all know that men only want one thing and I don't trust you. And so I had that a very abrasive personality. And for a long time, I thought that that was who I was until I began to do the work. And I understood that that was a reaction to some bad things that happened when I was a kid or when I was a teenager. And, you know, one bad relationship will have you feeling like you have to be standoffish to every person. That is separate than who I actually am. I am a loving, generous, warm, compassionate person. So when I realized that that's who I was and that the abrasive side of me was really a reaction to some bad things, you know, bad relationships, bad friendships, disappointments, then I realized I had to separate who is Nisi and then who is my reaction to trauma. And that's two separate things. So if you feel like in order for a person to know you, they have to know what you've been through, I would say that is cause for pause because who I am is who I am. Uh, If you get to know me, I'll explain the things in my life that have shaped me, but who I am and my personality, who I am when you meet me is still the person regardless of how much you know about me. So if I'm a loving and healthy person, I don't need to explain how I got there if I'm already that healthy person. So a lot of times there's this urge to, you know, if I have an anger problem, I need to explain that it's because I had a boyfriend who I couldn't trust and he was really disrespectful to me. And now every person, all right, that can be the explanation for why you are the way you are, but that can't be a justification because if the way you behave causes other people to have to deal with your trauma, that's not healthy. If you excuse being mistreating the person you're with because you've been mistreated in the past, that's not healthy. If you don't have a healthy self-esteem because somebody else hurts you, and so now you're in a relationship where you're constantly asking them to validate you, that's not healthy. So I do think that there is a difference between the role that you have for a friend or for your romantic partner and a therapist. Your romantic partner is supposed to be there with you as you fix yourself. That's the best thing to do. Now, obviously, the person you're with shouldn't be a stumbling block. They shouldn't prevent you from healing, but it is not their job. You know, you can have a partner who holds you accountable. You know, if you're a person that maybe has an unhealthy relationship with money and you ask your partner, hey, you know, once a month, can you just check in and we can have a conversation about budgeting and financing? That's one thing. 
But when you get down the road of, you know, expecting your partner to fix all of your bad financial, you know, choices, that's just not healthy. Expecting your partner to be the source of fixing things in your life is problematic because once the relationship ends, there's still work to do. You can't expect the person you're with to constantly be the one fixing you. So that's my opinion. I don't always think that it's necessary to share all of your trauma, especially with people who you haven't established that kind of relationship with. And I also think it's you know a sign of some healing needs to be done if you feel like in order for people to know you, you have to explain your trauma. That's not to say you shouldn't do it, but for me, when I share with someone, it's because we've developed a relationship and it's about getting to know each other. It's not me saying, this is why I treat you this way. I treat you this way because of who I am as a person. I'm a good person, so I will treat you well. If I treat you badly because I've been treated badly, that is a sign that you need some help, okay? So that is my answer to the first question. I hope that that was a little bit insightful. And the second question that I have, it's also another relationship question. This question is, is it normal to still think about your ex even though I have a new boyfriend now? I'm happy with him, but sometimes it still gets me that my ex cheated on me. It made me feel not I'm not good enough and I'm not beautiful, just like those other girls out there. My boyfriend now always tries to do his best to make me feel loved, and I always appreciate that, but it makes me feel sometimes that I don't deserve his kindness because he's too good for me. I'm effed up. She uses a different word, but she says, he or she says, I effed, I'm effed up, but he still chooses to love me and shower me with his affection. It's just that whenever I think of my ex, it makes me feel that I'm cheating with my new boyfriend. And that was the question. And, you know, my thoughts are you're not cheating on your boyfriend by thinking about your ex. You are limiting how deep you can go in your new relationship because you're stuck on your old. Your ex cheated, people cheat, and that's wrong. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. But your worth cannot be wrapped up in the actions of others. The fact that you doubt yourself over what he did means that you haven't moved to a healing place. And healing over an old relationship is hard to do when you're in a new one because the shadow of the old relationship will always be there. And so I hope you see how these two questions are connected, right? Because this question is directly dealing with how your personality can be shaped by some of the bad things that happen to you and how the hurt from a past situation can hurt a present situation. The danger of this kind of thinking is, number one, it's really hard to fix yourself, to work on healing when you're in a relationship because your attention will always be divided. You are going to, instead of focus on getting internal validation, working on your spiritual growth so that your only validation comes from God, you're going to look to validation from your partner. And when you're not in a good place, there is nothing your partner can say that will make you feel better. In fact, when you feel like crap and your partner treats you well, you will just end up feeling like either your partner is a liar or that, you know, that imposter syndrome, that they only care about you because they don't actually know who you are. This is a situation where I would say not continuing to think about your ex isn't necessarily cheating because it doesn't, you know, this person isn't saying she's romanticizing and fantasizing about her ex, but there is, it's clear that that past hurt is impacting her future and current relationships. So the problem here is that when you are entangled in a relationship, it's hard for you to divorce your pain from the pain that you put onto your relationship. A person can be an amazing partner, an amazing boyfriend, an amazing girlfriend, and because you're dealing with your own crap, you don't really see 
that this person is loving you the way that you should be loved. The problem is, you know, I think cheating is so rampant and it is something that happens so often. And we don't actually talk about the healing from it. We talk about how important it is to just break up and move on and you deserve better. But there is something to be said about the betrayal of trust, the time that you invested in a relationship and the disappointment when it doesn't work out. When you are dealing with a breakup, especially one that has happened because of cheating, you have to separate the hurt from the way that they treated you and the hurt that you're constantly inflicting on yourself by telling yourself you don't deserve. Beautiful women get cheated on all the time. The reason why a person cheats is not because the person deserved to be cheated on. It's because that person chose to cheat. If you're not happy in a relationship, you can always move on. No one is forcing you to be in a relationship in such a way that you feel like you have to cheat. You can always leave. So a person who is in a relationship and cheats is just a person who's making bad choices. Because there are people out here in this year, 2020, there are people who will get into polyamorous relationships, who have open relationships, or you could just have, be a person that sleeps around or does whatever you want. You don't have to be in a relationship. So when you have so many options to live wild and free and to sow your raw oats, and you still choose to cheat on somebody, that's because you are making bad choices. So he chose to behave in a way that was disrespectful to you and your relationship. That doesn't mean that you are worthy of disrespect. Separate his actions from your worth. You were not cheated on because you deserve to be cheated on. You were cheated on because your partner chose to do that. He could have come to you and said, I'm not happy and I think we should just be friends. Or I believe that I should just be single. Or I'm having some doubts and before I hurt you, I just want us to go our separate ways. It is cowardly to cheat because no one is forcing you to be in any situation. So in that situation, and I'm saying that to anyone out here that's listening, you don't have to be in a relationship. It is harmful for you to stay in a relationship with someone that you do not care about. Just leave. Just leave because you can see the damage it does to somebody who is now in a normal, healthy relationship, at least from what I can see from the question, and they're doubting themselves just because of one thing that this person did who, she, who he or she used to date. So really, I would encourage you, if you're a person that's not happy in your relationship, just end it. Don't sit around and, you know, let me try it out. You can always come back. But if you're not in a place to be faithful, do not be in a monogamous relationship. Like I said, you can be polyamorous, you could be um, in an open relationship, or you could just be single and do whatever you want to do. You don't have to be in a situation where you end up hurting someone. And if I make the choice to hurt someone, it's not because that person deserves to be hurt. It's because I made that choice. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that you have found it to be interesting. I like this format. I like having one episode that's about answering questions and one that goes deeper into spiritual and self-care. And I hope that even though this episode's a little bit lighter, a little bit more informal, that you're still able to walk away with some nuggets of wisdom, whether it's some of the conversation we were having earlier about social media and whether or not you should post things publicly and how important it is to focus on your intent with the understanding that other people can consume your content and based off of where their heart is positioned, they might interpret it different ways or just conversations about healing and working on yourself so that the bad things that have happened to you don't impact future relationships. I really encourage you if you're able to and you haven't done so already, 
therapy is great for everyone, not just people who have a diagnosis or who thinks that something is wrong. And it's better for you to try therapy before something goes wrong rather than waiting until you're in crisis. So right now, you know, there's so many different options you have. There's better help and you know, online therapy options. There are therapists that have a sliding scale. So based off of your income, you can have the adjusted payment. There's therapy that you can go to for free. Really, I encourage you to find someone to talk to so that you can work on some of the things that have happened to you so that you can move forward and have healthy relationships. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And until the next one, take care of yourself, beloved.